my leash on my arm had gone around my body and done a figure of eight around my ankles. So as I was trying to paddle back to the surface, I couldn't use my feet at all. And I just got my mouth out to take a quick breath and then I had to go back under and undo everything so I could use my feet again. Episode 51, Bodyboarding with Emma Cobb. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Welcome to another episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Travis Parsons. Emma Cobb grew up in a small town called Milton in Queensland, Australia. At an early age, Emma quickly discovered that working as a chef at night allowed her to explore her passion during the day. That passion being bodyboarding soon led her to start competing in the Australian Bodyboarding Tour. As if that weren't enough, she also spent four years playing Premier League soccer in Australia. However, playing soccer at the time she was competing in bodyboarding started to take its toll on Emma, and she had to make a choice. She chose bodyboarding and joined the Women's World Bodyboarding Tour in 2012. Emma, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how are we? I hope all is well down there in Australia. It is. It's um, a, a very nice day here today. It's a little bit chilly, but it's um, it's nice right in the middle of winter. Oh, that sounds great. good right about now. It's 96 in Colorado right now, Fahrenheit. Ooh, it's, uh, it's nice. It's balmy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we're sitting on, in degrees, we're sitting on about 10 degrees at the moment here in Australia. Beautiful. That'll work. So, yeah. Emma, take a few minutes to tell us about yourself and your connection to bodyboarding. Sure. Um... Well, I grew up on a, in a little town on the south coast um, of New South Wales over on the east coast of Australia and um, I didn't sort of get into it until I was about maybe 16 or 17. I spent my high school years or in the state would be college years in um, Sydney so I was at a boarding school and didn't have much access to the beach at the time but coming home for my final year of school, I, um, my mum used to take us to the beach on the weekends. My mum, my dad and my brother, we used to all go really early in the morning and really late at night and I always grew up um, never being one to sit around on the beach and, I don't know, be bored. I'm a pretty energetic person so my dad and my brother would be surfing and um, yeah, I kind of just joined in. My brother was a bodyboarder, my dad was a surfer and I'd get out there and pretty much just want to be better than my brother at everything so <laughs> I was <laughs> I was always in the water sort of watching him and uh, learning from him and um, yeah, just sort of kind of got hooked onto it, um, the feeling of being in the ocean and um, on a bodyboard was a little bit different to a surfboard. I felt more comfortable, especially starting out, um, getting to know the ocean, having a board and flippers with me and then from, yeah, sort of from there, we used to do it in the school holidays all the time and then um, yeah, after I finished school, I just kind of got into it a lot more. I was picked up an apprenticeship as a chef so I worked... um, mid-morning and at night time so I had the time early mornings to surf and during the day and I was pretty much in the water every time every minute I wasn't at work and then um, I ran into a couple of guys at a local contest who were international judges and they encouraged me to head towards the state titles um, in Australia for New South Wales and then head off to um, yeah from there I competed and then competed on the Australian tour then the Australian Tour led me to the World Tour. And, um, yeah, I've had the last year off competing, but overall I've been competing for about 11 years, Australia and World Tour, all up. And, um, yeah, I'm just concentrating a lot now on free surfing. I bought a jet ski, so we're doing a little bit of toe surfing. Um, Yeah, sort of steered away a little bit from contest. I have to have a full-time job to sort of pay the bills and to try and get to the contest. So it's a little bit tricky financially, but um, yeah, I've just sort of taken a step back and enjoying surfing for what it is. I've picked up um, a lot of stand-up paddleboarding now and a lot of normal uh, stand-up surfing. So yeah, it's it's been great, but um, yeah, always always back on the bodyboard at 
you know, a couple of times a week, mix it up. So that's your one true love then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you if uh, bodyboarding uh, related to surfing at all, but it sounds like it, it does to some extent. Yeah, it does. Um, it was interesting. I've probably been surfing now for about a year, and um, when I first started, I was kind of thought I'd be able to pick it up really quickly, but it's, it's, it is quite different. It's really interesting to actually see how um, you read a wave differently on, on the different aspects of surfing, like a, a surfboard, you, you gain mate, speed and momentum in, in different places um, on the wave, whereas a bodyboard is different. So adapting to the two is, is quite different, but um, they all use similar sort of um, muscles and that sort of hand-to-eye and agility and everything. So it's, it's kind of good to be able to do all of it because it, it all plays a role in each other. Yeah, I imagine uh, doing everything is it keeps you well-rounded and what a phenomenal way to stay fit. Yeah, it's wonderful. In in Australia in the summer, um, like most places, it, it's pretty small. We only get pretty little bumpy um, onshore windy kind of day. So surfing that kind of head high down in, in throughout the summer is really good. And then um, I tend to, to stick to the bigger waves on the bodyboarding and a lot of the reef breaks. So it's good to be able to have something to have fun and enjoy and challenge myself throughout the year in all the seasons. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it reminds me of when uh, I bought my first bodyboard. Now, now I, I say I'm not a bodyboarder. <laughs> I don't want to claim to be, but I was about 14 or 15 years old when we were down in Cocoa Beach, Florida as a, on a family trip. And uh, I had to swing by the Ron John surf shop down there in Cocoa Beach. And, and bodyboards, I had just discovered them personally at that time, but I just thought they were everything. And I had to get a bodyboard. <laughs> Took my bodyboard out to the ocean, you know, on the Atlantic side, you know, down there in Florida, and there were just these puny little waves. There was nothing to surf <laughs> whatsoever. I think I generally turned it into a skimboard at that point. <laughs> took it, took it back to my house in Connecticut, and laid it up against the wall. That was the end of my bodyboarding career. Yeah, a lot of bodyboards do end up as skimboards these days, but, uh, <laughs> as long as they're enjoying using them for something. For something, uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned free surfing. What can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, there's like a fair bit of difference between like free surfing and competitive surfing. Um, I've always been a really kind of competitive person. That's always driven to improve and do better in myself. Um, but it kind of after a while, it it does take its toll on you. Um, the pressures of competing and and having to deal with the ups and the downs and um, not so much ups and downs, but the ups and downs in traveling and it's an individual sport. So you're only relying on yourself. You, a lot of us don't tend to have coaches and that sort of thing. So you're basically learning each contest and it's just, it does take its toll. So I sort of come to the conclusion about a year and a half ago that I wanted to just take a break from the competitive side and concentrate more on my fee surfing and enjoy surfing again. Right. I kind of lost that passion to just go out, enjoy being in the water, enjoy being um, being a surfer and having fun with my friends and surfing good waves all the time and doing surf trips, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I decided that um, I take on free surfing, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm just loving that that time in the water. There's no pressure. Um, I can learn to calculate my waves better, uh, my maneuvers. And just push myself in the bigger stuff. And uh, you kind of, because you're chasing waves and you, you're kind of getting good waves all the time, you're just progressing so much quicker. You're learning quicker. And then when you do step back into contest, you get that, you've, all, you've got everything there still. You still have your competitive drive. It always comes back. But you just have more wave knowledge because you've been surfing such sort of bigger and better and all condition kind of waves. But, um, yeah, so free surfing's it's it's good it's it's a little bit more relaxing and it it's kind of gotten me back to where and to why i enjoy being in the water and why i enjoy being a surfer yeah i can understand imagine a lot of people dream of of getting that chance to go compete or or get sponsored or you know fly around the world and compete and do it and all of a sudden you find yourself running from here to there and having to do it. And now it's a job all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, imagine the passion probably dwindles a bit once you get into all that. Yeah, it definitely does. Like I wouldn't change anything for the world, like traveling around the world and meeting the people and seeing the things I've done. It's yeah, it's, it's an experience that 
I'd love everyone to be able to experience, but it does take its toll. For women's bodyboarding in Australia, it's very, very small. We don't get funding for anything um, towards our trips. We do have a few sponsors that um, help us out with all our gear, which is great. Uh, but when it comes to the financial side of things, we all have to maintain full-time jobs here. So it's the pressures of maintaining a full-time job as well as trying to train, as well as trying to get the time off to go to the contests. And, um, you know, you're away for sort of up to three weeks for a contest and you're looking at between six and nine contests a year. So it's a lot of time off work and it's, um, yeah, it's relying on, the support from, you know, good bosses and, and having good people around you that are helping you out financially to get you to the events to pretty much live your dream and, and be able to, um, you know, chase the tour and enjoy surfing around the world. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you picked up free surfing and uh, it sounds like it's rebuilding that passion for you. Do you plan on going back to competing or you're not sure yet or...? Um, I did, yeah, had a thought, think about it this year, actually. I had, I had a good year off last year and, um, yeah, that they have released, uh, about nine events on their women's tour this year, which is, which is quite a strong tour. Um, I'm looking at maybe joining the tour back towards, uh, August, September in Portugal. Um, and maybe just doing a handful of events this year. They only take, um, they count, they call it 50% plus one. So you've got to do about four or five of the events to sort of be ranked up in the tour. Um, Yeah. So I'm looking at, yeah, possibly doing maybe three, maybe two or three events to, to get my ranking on the tour for, for possibly getting back um, the following year and be seated in a better place so that I don't have to compete in as many rounds. All right on. We'll have to keep uh, keep an eye on you and uh, see if you're out there competing. We'd like to to see some stuff on you. I've watched some of the videos on you, and you look uh, you're you're pretty good at what you do. So I'd like I hope you go back to competing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to uh, win the lotto, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and then I can um, yeah do it as a full time job. Yeah, it's got to be a tough juggle for sure. Yeah. Why would you encourage people to try out bodyboarding, to take up the sport, and what advice would you have for somebody trying out uh, for the first time? The thing I always um, – um, I've got quite a really, a really good job in a, in a surf store in, um, in Australia. It's a really large surf store, and we have a big – a lot of people come in that want to start either surfing or bodyboarding. And the first thing I always sort of push them towards is the bodyboarding side of things. Because I find it's such a great way to encourage someone to enter the ocean. Um, it's a piece of foam, which is not meant to be used as a flotation device, but it will float. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got flippers. So the good thing I find people can get there, like encourage them by it's kind of a comfort thing. You've got a board, you've got flippers. So if you come off the board, you can get to the surface quicker because you've got your flippers on. If you feel like you're in trouble, you have the board there to help sort of, you know, support you until you can get yourself out of trouble or someone can help you out. So it's kind of like it's such a good sport to start because it's that comfort side of things where, um, yeah, you can learn the ins and outs of the ocean. Um, you don't have that fiberglass board there. You don't have the fins in the way. You don't, you've got your flippers on. So if you do get stuck, you do have a device which is going to help you um, just sort of get out of the water a little bit easier. So outside of that beginning, um, yeah, it's just an all-round really good sport. A lot of people you'll find will stick with that sport. They won't transfer over to surfing because they enjoy just being out in the ocean. Um, A lot of mums and dads, they love doing it because they can float out in the ocean with their um, little ones, with their kids, um, and just feel safe. They, from there, like, um, I guess if you're looking, wanted to kind of encourage people to get into it a little bit more, it's just being persistent with it. Um, the sort of feeling of, of riding a wave is, it's something that's indescribable to someone that doesn't surf. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I think you can encourage people to an extent. You can't force them to do it, but pretty much 90% of the people that are introduced to the sport or tell them to get into the sport, will stick with it and absolutely love it. Um, it's kind of like a blessing to some people of, of being out in the ocean early, early morning, late afternoons, middle of the day with their friends. 
it's a good social aspect. Um, basically, my time in the water is almost my social life. Right. I'm out there with my friends and uh, my family and we, we'll sit out there for three or four hours and it's like, you know, that could pass by and it feel like half an hour. So it's a good, it's good, it's healthy, um, it's a fun social aspect. Um, you know, it's good. I find myself, I did play a lot of Premier League soccer and do have a lot of quite um, large injuries that I sustained while playing and I find it's a really good rehab for me. It's light. It's not much pressure on the body at all, and I get that a lot of movement um, through my ankles and my knees, which I have the problem in. So again, it's good for rehab. Um, I do have a lot of people that are using it to get in the water and get all their their body parts moving again. Uh, a lot of physios use the ocean and pools um, for rehab. So it's again, it's it's another good sport. Um, yeah, in that aspect. So all round, it's a pretty good body workout from top to bottom, um, mentally and physically. Yeah, right on. Well, it's got to be economical too. I can't imagine it costs a whole lot to get into it. I mean, you can you can buy more and more expensive equipment as you compete and whatnot, but for somebody just to go out and, and get a set of flippers and a board, you can't run too much. Definitely not. It's, it's quite a cheap sport um, when you compare it to surfing aspects. Uh, you know, so, I've, I've had bodyboards for... I'll have bodyboards for 30 years and, you know, they're still going to do the job just fine. Whereas, I know, with surfing, you know, they're, they're pretty easy to break those things. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but bodyboarding, you know, you've got your fins. And as you as you do get into the um, the more serious side of things, you are the one. You pick up sponsors which will help you out with your gear, so it's a little bit better. But, um, yeah, the boards are pretty reasonably priced these days, so you're, you're pretty lucky in that aspect to, um, yeah, not very expensive not a very expensive sport and the ocean's free so yeah you know you don't you don't have to pay on top of that to go yeah. surfing unless you live in the middle of the country and then then it's expensive yeah, it's a long drive <laughs> <laughs> or there's got to be a dam or something somewhere You take the time to prepare for an adventure, planning where you want to go, learning strategies to get there, and connecting with experts to guide you, right? Shouldn't the adventure into college and career receive the same kind of in-depth research and attention? Off Trail on Purpose provides individualized coaching and data-driven guidance to help clients from 15 to 25 years of age start their adventure into adulthood with confidence. When so many people are feeling lost, you can have the sense of direction. Get started at www.offtrailonpurpose.com. Neil Bailey, motojournalist, world traveler, and star of Neil Bailey Rides, founded Wellspring International Outreach in 2008 to help the abandoned children in Peru and throughout the world. Follow Neil's two-wheeled adventure travels at www.neilbaileyrides.com and his altruistic adventures at www.wellspring-outreach.org. Wellspring International Outreach is a 501c3 charity that needs your help to continue its work. Please consider a donation. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast. Will you help us spread the word about the show? First, tell your friends to give us a listen. You can also help us out by taking a minute and going into iTunes to subscribe, then rate and leave us a review. Thanks for being a part of our show. So if somebody wanted to get involved, uh, what would what would your advice be to them to start out? What what should they go down and what questions should they ask? What equipment should they look at? Yeah, um, so basically if you're starting with a board, you want to look at um, the size of your board. They do rule of thumb, usually say up to around your belly button. So belly button down, that's where you sort of want your board. If you want, if you feel like you want a little bit more flotation in, in the water, a little bit bigger board's not going to hurt. Um, a lot of guys that are serious with their sport, they'll tend to ride a board that's a little bit smaller, especially if they're riding in the bigger stuff. So boards, you can get a really good board um, for around like Australian dollar, I'm not sure US, around that 200 to $250. It's a nice, they call it a beaded polypro board. So it's, it's nice and sturdy. The foam lasts forever almost. Um, so just something that's yeah quite steady. Try and stay away from polystyrene. Um, that, okay. that sort of board, it tends to, 
just deteriorate a little bit quicker. Um, the beta polypros tend to have a waterproof core. So if there's any problems with your board, it won't take in any water and won't destroy over time. Uh, from there, your flippers, anything that's comfortable that fits your foot. When you put a flipper on, you'll know you know if it's right or you know if it's not right. It's like wearing a shoe. Um, if you feel like you walk around in a shoe and it's slipping at the back and it's just not right, it's the same with flippers. There's nothing worse than having a flipper that just rubs and rubs and rubs and creates an ulcer on your ankle because oh, then that will keep you. water. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it, there's nothing worse than a sea ulcer. It's horrible. Ouch. So, yeah, co comfortable set of fins. Um, if you are getting flippers for the first time, you might find you might need to pick up some flipper socks. So it's a neoprene sock which goes under the under the flipper just to prevent your feet from getting the sores on them because your feet have to adapt to, to having flippers on them in the water. Um, a basic leash, always have a leash with the board um, just so you don't lose it and don't have to chase it up and down the beach. Um, it can go around your wrist or it can go around your uh, bicep muscle just above your elbow. Um, pretty much apart from that, you're ready to go. Obviously, if it's summertime, you can jump in, the, in your bikini or your boardies or... If the in the winter time, you're probably looking at yeah something in a, a steamer, a little bit thicker wetsuit to keep you a little bit warmer. All right. Um, so is it something that you would somebody would want to go take lessons for, or you just recommend they go out and start figuring out how to read the waves? Um, you can take lessons. Uh, there's not a huge amount of people that do do um, sort of bodyboard lessons, especially not in Australia, um, but around the world there is a lot of classes. So. Pretty much if you can find a bodyboard club or a bodyboard um, teacher or classes, head down and they'll, they'll give you the basics to the sport and to the ocean. The first thing you want to learn about is the way the ocean works. You want to find out where the rips are, um, the way the currents are moving, what the wind's doing, what the swell's doing, just so that you, if you do get in trouble, you know where you are and you know what to do to get out of it. Um, especially the kids and people that aren't around the water very often. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of pretty strict world that you know, especially where the rips are. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of teachers in schools, they'll get you into basic wave knowledge and water knowledge to start with. Um, and then from there, they'll teach you the aspects of bodyboarding. But if you don't have that, um, the ability to have lessons or whatnot in the area you're in, yeah, Pretty much, yeah, do a little bit of reading up on online or in books on where the ocean works um, or ask at your or ask the lifeguards down at the towers that, on the beaches. They'll always help you out. And then pretty much just put your gear on and, and paddle out, paddle out at the right spot. And, um, yeah, you'll, you'll start to learn um, different things. You have to learn about duck diving. You have to learn about the directions of waves. You have to learn about – it's quite extensive when you sort of – look into it um but to start with a lot of people just jump in the water and paddle out and they'll catch the, catch the whitewash until they feel comfortable and if they enjoy doing that then they'll pretty much just go to the beach to do that which is perfectly fine they're in the water they're having a great time um but then some people will tend to to find that they want to progress further with it so most of the time they'll watch movies um I find with a lot of my surfing over the years as I was growing up is I just watched videos of professional surfers surfing and um, learning from them, put a lot of it in slow-mo and watched how they were doing things and that's sort of where my biggest learning curve was from was, yeah, through through the films. But, um, yeah, there's many different ways you can you can get into it but um, I definitely, like if you're going to do it, recommend um, just getting a little bit of knowledge on, on the ocean first before you enter. Right. Yeah, watching the videos, there's a lot to be said for that, for watching something on YouTube or videos that you can pick up elsewhere and just trying to emulate those people that are, are doing a, a really good job at it. There's, you yeah. can learn a lot from that. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my sort of where I learned most of my stuff from. Um, I was also lucky enough to get a scholarship to a high-performance surf camp, which they have in Australia. And from there, we did like uh, right down to the itty-bitties of, of training and and they, we actually put us in things like foam pits um, and the gymnast. It's like bodyboarding as you progress right up into the, the top stages is like, it's like gymnastics in the water. Um, you're doing a lot of flipping, a lot of twisting, a lot of turning. And so we spent a lot of time in the gymnastic centers on the trampolines, um, in the foam pits, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, um, yeah 
from there, like your video footage is, is kind of where you start and then they take you to like a gymnasium and then from there you put it to try and put both of those aspects into play in the water. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite an extensive sport when you get right into it, which is, yeah, it's fun. It's good. Okay. Well, there's a lot more that goes into it than I thought. You know, I, mm. I just figured you guys were constantly out there in the water working on, on just bodyboarding. But, you know, like you're saying, you're probably working out. You're going into the, uh, you know, the gymnasium and, and working on the trampolines and whatnot to really kind of figure out what your body motion is, you know, what your, where your body awareness is, you know, flips and turns like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you spend a lot of time in, not just you spend a lot of time in the ocean, you spend a lot of time surfing in all conditions, whether it's half a foot, one foot, two foot, five foot, six foot, right up to the big stuff. So it's from there, um, you have to sort of, you can, you can do well with just surfing. Um, but then you'll start to notice a difference when you put a lot of other aspects into it. I do, when I um, compete on the tour, I do a lot of pull training, lap training for my, um, for breath ability. And then, yeah, you do a lot of gymnasium and gym work. So it kind of, the gymnasium's good because it gives you that idea of basically how far you can push your body to a flexibility point. Um, and it gives you that feeling of that twisting and spinning feeling um, in a controlled environment so that when you take it out into sort of a not controlled environment, you've got a better idea of where you are but um yeah it's, there's a lot in, a lot involved in it when you get up into that high level of the sport but it's um it's really fun learning and and pushing yourself beyond what you thought you could push yourself to In his first book, Sydney to London, The Long Ride Home, Nathan Millward writes about his nine-month, 23,000-mile journey across the world on a 105cc postal carrier bike. However, that wasn't enough adventure for Nathan, so he again headed out on another adventure of 8,000 miles across America and wrote about that trip in his second book, Running Towards the Light, Postcards from Alaska. Pick up these two great books and get inspired to set out on your next adventure. You can find Nathan's books at www.nathanmillward.com as well as the Amazon bookstore in your Kindle. Do you love mountains? You are not alone. Jerry Roach is well known for his extraordinary and detailed guidebook, Colorado 14ers. But did you know that Jerry has written 15 books, including guidebooks to 13ers, Indian Peaks, Rocky Mountain National Park, and more? But he has also written narratives about a lifetime of mountaineering full of Jerry's insights and humor. If you like adventure, then these books are for you. Jerry Roach's books can be purchased at his website, summitsite.com. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com, as well as on Amazon and in bookstores near you. So you said your your initial motivation was to compete against or beat your brother in uh, in bodyboarding. Um, is there a story about an experience or a moment that got you hooked on bodyboarding? Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, pretty much, me and my brother. When I got my license, we'd pretty much be at the beach every single day and we'd be just trying to outdo each other the whole time and then there was this one beach we grew up at um it's a beach called Narawali near Mollymook in um in Aladala and we used to go there every day it's the only beach we'd surf rain hail or shine waves no waves and we it's the only wave is one single wave we'd surf all the time and then I think I started to get hooked when one of my brother's friends encourage us to go down to a reef break which was further south down the coast and I was like oh no no I'm a bit scared or I don't know if I'd be good enough to surf it and anyway we went down one day and um it was only about two or three foot and it was this perfect little little barrel with a little bowl on the end and I was it was a right hander which is my preference in, in in wave out of a right or a left and I jumped in the water and it's really remote at the bottom of a cliff and um yeah, I think we surfed for about three or four hours that day and that that's probably one of the turning points where I was like, I want more of this. It was just like I hadn't really surfed anything 
like that. I just surfed like a, just a pretty average little beachy that never really got quite good. And this was just a perfectly mechanical wave. And it was that feeling of that speed and being in a barrel and then hitting like a ramp on the end section that I was like, okay, where can I get more of this from? I need to, <laughs> yeah, I was like, how can I get more of it? And then, so I spent a lot of time driving down to that wave. It's my favorite wave in the whole world. And it's like, it just it surfed at big days, small days, onshore days. And yeah. So from there it was good because I met a lot more people that were surfing a lot of reef breaks and sort of, they were pushing me to, you know, come here, go to this one, go to that one. So from there, I basically never, ever went back to that for first beach I surfed at. I just was like, I want to surf a new wave every day. I want to surf a new place. And, and that's sort of where it all sparked off. I started to find my surfing just progressing really quickly. And, um, yeah, it's, all, it's, it's such a good feeling when you can see that progression. So, But, yeah, I think that's probably where um, that, yeah, when I surfed, started surfing those sort of breaks is when it was like I need to get more and more of it. And even now, like, when I know certain waves are going to be breaking, um, especially around that area, I'm just I'm so excited. Like I run through the bush. I can't wait to get there and I look out and it's just like I can't get my wetsuit on quick enough and I'm just jumping in the water and then I'll sit in the water and be like, oh, there's no waves for a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, that's probably where that, that main push come from. And then with my natural competitive drive, I was like, oh, I want to compete and I want to see if I can go further. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll see if I can – do better with the like compete with the world's best. I see where I'm standing at the world's best, and then you know I found I was right up there. I was winning contests and um, matching it with the world's best. And even then, I was like, oh, I want more. Like you're just always wanting more out of out of your sport and out of yourself. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a never ending sport, really. It's you know you can never you can never get enough satisfaction. You always you know you get so much in the water, but you're like, there's got to be a little bit more somewhere. Yeah. So, well, I yeah, imagine no. this, uh, this is a sport where it's, I mean, it's low impact too, you know, that you can, it's a sport that you can take on through life. So even as, you know, as we do get older and maybe our bodies don't want to be punished so much, I imagine bodyboarding is one of those things that we can just kind of still do it, you know, in a, a mellowed out fashion, but still, still take it into our later years in life as well. Oh, definitely. It's such a it's such a good um, sport for the body. Um, if you're doing it at a good level, or if you're just doing it for fun, um, a lot of a lot of older people tend to like doing it because they have that body movement and that fitness, and there's no damage on the body. It's low impact, and they feel comfortable, and they're in the they're in the water, and you know the support of the ocean just helps them get their limbs moving pretty much um and then it's a great all-round fitness for us we use our legs a lot with the kicking and we use our shoulders a lot so we're not focused on just that one aspect of the body it's it's an all-round kind of body and um all ages i've got i've got a friend that i i did an expression session yesterday at one of the australian tour contests and you know she's i think she's just turned 51 and yeah she's Killing it, absolutely loves it. Still in the water every day, you know. St- got a family and still travels a lot, and just yeah, absolutely loves it. So there's no, there's nothing holding anyone back when it comes to um to bodyboarding at all. That's awesome. Those are the best moments. And when when you have a when you have that passion for something, and and all you can do is think about it, and, and think about the next time you can get out and enjoy it and do it again. It's you know it's it's like a like a drug. You just want to keep keep going for it, you know. And that's all you ever think about. It is. It's one of nature's um, best drugs, really. It's the most natural drug you can get. You you definitely know as a surfer when you haven't been in the water for a few days you definitely start to get on edge and little things start to irritate you. And and then you get in the water and you get out and you're like, da-da-da-da-da, and you're like, wait, what was I worried about? I don't know, whatever. And then, yeah, so it's, it's pretty good. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to have. It's, it's funny. My sisters recently at at Christmas time, me and my dad were looking at all the swell charts and we're like getting excited because there was, you know, a new swell was coming and the winds were good and everything looked good and we're getting all excited and, and they're sitting in the sort of across the table and like, what are you even talking about? What? How can you even be bothered? Like, da 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 da. And I was like, don't you have one thing that you just like love that you just want to do all the time? Like, how could? And they're like, no, not really. And I was like, 
I kind of like, I feel sorry for you. Because how is that possible, you're, right? Yeah, no, how is that? You're missing out. Like, right. it's like, you know, like I pretty much think about it every day. You go, to, you, you, I go to bed at night and I'm like, okay, well, my wetsuits are all dry. My boards are ready. Let's go. And then, you know, you're up first thing in the morning and off you go. Or you run out, I run out of work and I straight down, I work right on the beach. So I run straight down to the beach and I'm in the water, uh, you know, not so much in the winter because it's dark when I leave work. But um, yeah, in the summertime, I'll surf two, three, four hours right up till sort of eight o'clock at night and go home, have dinner and go to bed pretty much. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just a repeat. It's such a good feeling to, um, you just feel so fresh after it and all your, all your problems are sort of left on the beach. And then when you get out, you forget they were there to pick up. So yeah, it's, it's quite relaxing and, um, yeah, it's kind of soothing really. It's a nice, uh, nice sport to be involved in. Yeah, Absolutely. So was there a time when maybe something didn't go right that maybe had you thinking, is, is this the right thing for me? Um, yeah, I've, I've had, I've had quite a few, um, bad, I guess with ocean wise, bad wipeouts when it comes to, um, bodyboarding. I, I spent, I did a world trip, I think in around 2009, I was in, um, we went to the Philippines and I head over to the Canary Islands and we head over to LA for a bit and then off to, um, Hawaii on the North shore and, we did um I did a world tour event in the Canary Islands and um for one week we were on one island and the event went really well and then we head over to another island for about five weeks and we we're surfing this really big left hander. It's quite a, a heavy wave. The left handers um the reefs over in the Canary Islands are really raw, so they're really heavy and and they're covered in sea urchins. Oh my god, sea urchins are horrible. But <laughs> I I was sitting in the lineup and um I somehow managed to just sort of just drifted inside inside the lineup, and this this set came through, and it was it was probably sort of sitting around that sort of six to eight foot, and um, I kind of paddled towards it, and I'd I'd kind of got stuck a couple of times, and I managed to duck dive and make sort of duck dive through the bounce. So basically, when the wave breaks over, it bounces hits the water in front of you, and then you duck dive, and you can kind of get the bounce of the wave, so you you pops you right through and out the back. So I felt this this is the third time this wave came through and I was like, oh, no, I'll be right. And then I just duck dived a little bit too late and this thing hit me like a freight train. I've never been hit by a freight train, but I can only imagine that this is what it would feel like. <laughs> just absolutely hammered me. I just got drilled right to the bottom. Both my flippers got ripped off. My feet smashed the bottom and all the tops of my toes had urchins in them. But my leash had actually, my leash on my arm had gone around my body and done a figure of eight around my ankles. So as I was trying to paddle back to the surface, I couldn't use my feet at all because my arm was connected. I was in a big, a massive tangle. And so I was underwater. I'd had, I had to let the motion of the ocean basically push me back to the top. Wow. And I just got my mouth out to take a quick breath and then I had to go back under and undo everything so I could use my feet again because the, the more I'd pull up to try and pull myself up out of the water, the tighter my feet were getting. So I couldn't use my, any of my feet or my legs. They were all tangled up in my leash. And anyway, I came eventually, I'm very lucky, it was only a one-wave set because I definitely don't think I'd be sitting here if, I, um, if there had been another couple of waves in that set. But, um, yeah, I came to the top and I, I floated out into the channel and I was all, I was black. All I could see was stars and the, the boys on the Esplanade were kind of standing on the thing, like w wanting to see if I was all right. And yeah, I kind of sat in the lineup and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do right now. Like I, I'm not out of my depth, but I felt like I was out of my depth surfing in those conditions. And I sat there for a while and I, I considered paddling in I was like I, I can't do this like I, I have to paddle in I'm I'm shaking like crazy I'm still seeing stars and it was just it was a wipeout that made me think twice about what I was doing but then I kind of talked to my sort of talked myself in I was like I forced myself to paddle back into the lineup so I may I was <laughs> the whole time going you should go in, you should go in, you should go in while paddling back out <laughs> it's like oh what am I doing but I paddled out and um, a friend that was with me, he was like paddling to this wave. So I was like, 
he was like, go, go, go. He made me, he made me catch a wave. And I came, I paddled into a wave and, you know, it was just a smaller wave, which was really nice. But I'm glad that I did because I kind of faced that fear. Right. I faced the fact that you have to face your fears and you have to get back out and confront what didn't go right. So I went back out and did all that. And then after that, it was like a whole relief. I was like, no, nah, I can do this. It was just a one-off kind of thing and it's you know it's going to happen again but you'll know how to deal with it better so yeah that was kind of a big eye-opener for me um as unfortunately the next day um as well which was kind of it was it was it was a pretty heavy couple of days we um one of the local boys that we spent quite a bit of time with he was actually he came off his surfboard that day um the afternoon and he was actually killed so he really the boys had to pull him out of the water um, sort of right there in front of us and he they're not sure if whether his surfboard hit him in the head or if he hit the bottom um, first but his, his head was, yeah, not so good and he pretty much had died on impact and, um, yeah, so that that too, like in everything, it was like, wait, are we, are we really meant to be doing this? Like it was, it was a, a big eye-opener. Um, so, like after that, we didn't really surf a lot more after that in that at that wave. Um, the the conditions sort of didn't didn't happen. There wasn't a lot of waves around, but yeah, that that sort of experience there just it was it was a real shaker. But it made me also appreciate how good life and how how short life can be and how easy it can be taken from you. So, but doing I guess doing the things you love. If you know if the worst was to happen, then you know, you are doing the things you love. You know, you're not you're not in a situation where you know you're not doing something you're enjoying um, because you're too scared to do it. You're sort of making the most of every moment. But um, but for me, that's probably been my yeah my scariest and most eye opening experience of my life when it comes to surfing. Yeah, that's a tough lesson to learn. It's good that you got back in the saddle and, and faced your fears again. But there's to me, there's nothing scarier than being stuck underwater. Um, you know, or in and out to the point where you just can't come out and breathe. Um, just, just sitting there feeling when, when am I going to get my head above water and be able to breathe again? I hate that feeling. I absolutely hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a horrible feeling. Like, um, yeah, it, it definitely makes you kind of every time it happens, you pretty much, you get out of the water and the next day you're, you're in the pool, you're learning how to hold your breath better and you, you know, you just want to be able to if you're in those situations, just be calm. It's funny because, you know, the more you force yourself against the ocean, the less you're going to win. The ocean will always beat you. It's yeah. always stronger than you. So it's, you know, they always say relax. So, you know, I, whenever I take a, a beating or feel like I'm going to drown, I picture myself in a hammock between two trees on a nice deserted island just having a nice sleep in the sun. And you just run, I run that through my head. I'm just like, yep, yep. And I just literally, my whole body just is relaxed and the water just moves me and I just pretty much pop up, you know. Or when you're ready, you can feel when the ocean's ready to let you up and then you just sort of come up to the top and and you just feel a little bit calmer, more relaxed. So, yeah, it's interesting, Um, you know, a a few surfers that I've I've run into have have said the same kind of thing. Like they'll, one of the guys who surfs, um, he's a big weight, toe surfer he says he always pictures himself um with friends at a barbecue just nice and relaxed sitting around having a couple of drinks and enjoying family and friends and and that's when he's on the bottom of the ocean at you know 10 foot Tahiti or something like that so it's interesting how the mind can um yeah help the body sort of get itself out of situations that it can't control yeah, absolutely. I mean, be able being able to cope mentally with those types of situations that can get you through a lot of problems in life, not just the particular sport that you're dealing with at the time, but it teaches you that yeah, this might be a terrible moment right now, but I will get through it, you know. There there I will come out the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always when you're under the water, most people will say it feels like you're underwater for about 5 minutes. But in hindsight, most waves you're only under for about three or four seconds or the most maybe ten. So it's, yeah, it's it's sort of teaching your mind to be like, oh, no, I'll be up in a second and it's okay. Like it's just to stay calm and, and that's just experience. It just takes time 
um, to learn that really like when you're in the water to start with because it's such an uncontrollable environment a lot of people panic it's it's one thing you sort of say to people when they are learning um, anything in the ocean is just don't panic um, when they're teaching life-saving and all those sorts of things it's just stay calm stay collected and um, you know help's going to be on its way or or you will find your way out so yeah it's, it's something you learn over time but um, yeah the mind yeah mind over body in um, a lot of things when it comes to the ocean and a lot of things in life right right well, now that we've thoroughly scared people out of trying uh, <laughs> bodyboarding. It's, it's not all that bad. <laughs> um, how would you say in your words bodyboarding is uh, a benefit to individuals or society? Um, I think it's if you can find the enjoyment out of it, if you enjoy being in the ocean, it's just – it is so relaxing. Like I said before, it's it's such a good natural drug. Um as much as you don't want to call it a drug, it kind of it is to a surfer. You just it's individually you just feel a sense of um relief, calm, um, you're enjoying nature, you're getting outdoors, it's healthy, um, it's such a good lifestyle. There's a lot of people that everyone that does it is in the water because they really enjoy it. So everyone's in a really happy, good place. Um so individually like you you're gonna sort of benefit out of out of bodyboarding, out of a lot of sports um, that are that are individual sports, you, there is a lot of self um, sort of oh, what's the word? Kind of self achievement that you know you might do something one day that you didn't do the day before, and you're like, oh, I'm going to try and do that again, and then you know you, you kind of push yourself, and then you get excited, and then you talk to others in the water, and they're like, yeah, I did that too, and then it just I think individually it builds it builds a sense of um, kind of like strength and um, achievement. achievement yeah, yeah. like you're kind of going somewhere with it and um but then you don't have to you can just get out of the water and be like yes I just had I had such a good surf I'm so happy now let's get on with the rest of the day <laughs> and then right. all day you're like yes I can't wait to do it again this afternoon <laughs> and tomorrow so it's yeah you know every individual is going to benefit from it um and then you're going to benefit it in a group as well, um, you know, if you've got a lot of friends that, that do it, everyone jumps in and gets out and has has a good time. So, yeah, it, it's just a good – it's a good all-around sport both physically and mentally in so many different aspects. Well, great. Okay. Now, to end the show, we like to try and get you to tell a funny story. Do you have one in your bodyboarding oh, history that's uh, worth a laugh? Funny story. I – I, there's been so many. There's just whenever you're in the water, honestly, there's always something that's that goes wrong that you just have to laugh at. But um, I probably most recently, we'll run with the most recent one. I recently turned thirty a couple of months ago, and I headed down to a wave, a local wave uh, that it gets really busy. It's a very well world known wave. They call it Australia, Aussie Pipe. So basically, the Australian pipeline. And, um, yeah, I went down, we got down there about 4.30 in the morning and, um, <laughs> we got out in the water and it was packed. It was just was so many people in the water. And then I finally, I sat out the back, I was waiting and waiting, waiting. And I finally got this wave and it was such a good wave. And I was so excited because it was my 30th birthday. And anyway, uh, there was a couple of photographers in the water on the boat and then, I paddled in, paddled in, paddled in, and as I was paddling in, this other guy started to paddle as well, and he broke the wave down in front of me, and I was like, no, I'm going to get around it, and I was sort of sitting there, and I was so excited, I was about to pull into the barrel, and I just completely mistimed it, and I just <laughs> copped the lip straight in the side of the head, and all I could see was all the photographers and all the people paddling out on the side just going, just laughing and just going, what the hell? <laughs> and you're and a I professional. Was, you're a professional. You've been in all these things and da-da-da. And I was just like – and then I got pushed in the side of the head and then pushed right out into the flats in the reef and I just had – I just slapped my hand on my forehead and I was just like, what the hell just happened? And then I had to paddle out past all the photographers with my head kind of on my board so nobody could see me. And then I paddled out and within five minutes I had another wave and I did the exact same thing. 
And I was like, how is this happening? It was, it was, <laughs> it was a good laugh. We had a good laugh. I guess it's hard to, for anyone to know because unless you're a surfer, you'd understand that getting a lip in the head is like, <laughs> it's kind of people are like, oh, my God, you're a kook. But then at the same time, you have to laugh at it. So, yeah, I had about three or four waves in a row where that happened, I had kept having surfers drop in on me and I kept getting the beat downs. But, um, yeah, it, it eventually turned into a, a very good 30th. I got some really good barrels. So, But, um, yeah, just little things like that. There's always something funny happening in, um, in the bodyboarding world, especially when it, it comes to the competing and you're meeting up with riders from all over the world. You, um, there's always a good story, especially when, um, especially when you're spending time with the Japanese. They're always so happy. And they've always got funny stories to tell. And the way they try and tell you in English is just so much funnier. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's, there's never sort of one you can pinpoint, but that's kind of been the most recent. Well, that's good. You have to have that kind of fun. And if, uh, you shouldn't be taking yourself too seriously anyway. The fun goes away if you do. Yeah, definitely. If you're in the water, don't, just don't be too serious and don't get caught up in the, the ocean politics that some people can get caught up in it just you're out there to enjoy it otherwise you, sh- you wouldn't be doing it so it's it's a very fun environment it's a good place to be right on great advice well it's good talking to you i think you you seriously just exude passion for the sport and i'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it because i think uh you have explained a lot to me um about a sport that i don't know much about and i hope that uh you know, some of our listeners have also gotten some things that have made them want to go out and try it too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's been great speaking and, um, yeah, I appreciate the time. Right on. So if somebody wants to come file, follow Emma Cobb, uh, where should they go? Uh, I've got a Facebook page. I don't tend to do too much with my athlete page much at the, at the moment because I'm not competing. But, um, yeah, jump onto my personal page. I'm happy to add anybody. And I'm on Instagram. Um, I think my name's under MCOB, so it's E-M-M-C-O-B-B. And then that's pretty much it. I've just got the Facebook and the Instagram accounts. And, um, you know, there's we get – I get quite a few write-ups and a few photos and stuff like that through the Australian bodyboard magazine called Riptide and that's all online. So um, anything through there and if you Google Australian women's bodyboarding, you've got a whole bunch of women that you can you can check out that are on the tour and um, yeah, there's always stuff popping up on the net. So if, you've, if you're interested and got time, jump on and um, or send us an email or anything and I'd be happy to speak. Right on. Good deal. Well, we'll send them your way. Wonderful. Emma, thanks so much for your time. You take care and have a have a good rest of your day. Likewise, and uh, happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Travis. Thanks. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Just go to adventuresportspodcast.com and click Contact Us. And don't forget to find the click to call button on the Adventure Sports Podcast website and tell us your awesome story about your amazing adventure. And don't worry, the voicemail is fully automated. You won't be talking to any humans. <laughs>